listening to South Indian Podcast. Am I good to go? Yeah. All right, you just staring blankly at me. <laughs> I thought well, that was a good signal. Well, what, just stare at me is a good signal? That's weird. You look at the craziest stat you've ever seen. Something! <laughs> no, keep going. But no, we're, not, we're using all of this now because you did the weird intro. We're keeping this, right? Something! Something! Hey, you're listening to Something Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Yeah. Oh. That's <laughs> no, no, no. Please keep it going. This is the worst and best intro we've ever done. One minute you're looking straight at me, and the next minute you're not even listening to what I'm saying when I'm introducing you. I've messed this up completely. No, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. Brilliant. Okay, this right. is episode eight of Sampling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. That's it, me. Yeah. Yeah. Bit late, late now. But, okay, but I'm here. Anyway, this week's thanks. guest is WWE superstar and pop punk enthusiast and all round nice guy. Almost too nice. The ultimate baby face. Yep. Mark Andrews. Such a nice guy. Very, very nice. Very, very... I, we're going to keep saying nice. Um, we talk how he got started in both wrestling and with his band, Junior. Yeah. Um, we talk about uh, the time his band nearly caused me to break my back. Ooh, yeah. Uh, which is very, very painful. Almost killed you. Almost killed me. Almost. Nearly there. Mm. Sweet release. Anyway, anyway, moving on. We've got the podcast now, which is keep me alive, it's good, obviously. yeah. I'm enjoying it. And, um, yeah, we got... A, chat to mark uh for about an hour and 20 minutes yeah well, amazing the Bef- thing is he's such a busy man and he's got so much on he had some time to talk to us and we just talked about everything yeah. gave us a really insight into professional wrestling even if you're not a fan of wrestling there's so much stories in this that are going to make you realize just how hard that business is yeah uh, it's going to get you into the world of pop punk where it's like touring as a band the similarities between band life and a wrestler life being yeah. on the road and everything else in between yeah he touched on some things in wrestling and i think would be good to like switch over to the rock scene or whatever mm. and vice versa um yeah it was a really interesting chat and yeah it's awesome that we've got someone from wwe on yeah yeah official wwe superstar yeah Who's next? Pete Dunn, hopefully. Pete Dunn. We'd like to get Pete Dunn on, yeah? Triple H. I can imagine Pete Dunn slapping me. Um, Love that. Um, Triple H, yeah. or... <sighs> um, as he's known to me. And then, obviously... Any of them, really. The Rock, you know. The Rock. The Rock needs to come on. Yeah. And the Rocks. Yeah. Um, I'm start saying all the names wrong. And uh, The Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertakers. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know who would be great for a podcast? Go on. John Cena, because you can't see him. Which is like a podcast anyway, really. Yeah, so you that's do the thing. Fun. That's yeah. why he's a perfect guest, because you can't see him, so yeah. he's perfect for podcasts. Ah, in a way, yeah. Ah. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is our interview with Mark Andrews. Thank you very much. Please share, subscribe, rate, like, I don't know, all the stuff you can do with podcasts. Go and share it on all your social medias. Screenshot you listen to it. Put it on your Instagram stories. Tag us in Please it. Please tag us in it. Tag us in it. At Sappeninpod. S-A-P-P-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's on Instagram, Twitter. We haven't got a Facebook page. No, we, we haven't. No, because um, it's 2019 and it's probably not the best thing for us. But ooh, anyway. That's ooh, Facebook shade. doing us. Anyway. anyway this um, is Mark Andrews. Let's get on with it. Sappenin! Sappenin! Don't sue us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. This week, we have been lucky enough to be graced with the presence of WWE superstar and junior bassist, singer, and all-round top fella, Mark Andrews. Sapnin, lads! Sapnin! First one to unprovoked go with a sapnin. I know, right? Yeah. Nice. I thought I, I would remember that from yeah. listening to previous yeah, the, uh, episodes. Yeah, scumbag. Uh, what are they called? Guests we've had on so far. They've they've not really got it. But I don't know a what's happening. But really, it's a it's a sapnin. It's a sapnin. It's sapnin. Spot on. It's nothing more merciful than sapnin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No worries. Thank you for doing it. I've uh, I've been checking out the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. And yeah. And no, wait. I said thank you very much. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, oh yeah, it's quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it was really good. Listen I, uh, to the really other episodes. Please listen to the other episodes, despite what Mark said. Please listen to the other episodes. No, they're great. They are. I I really enjoy checking oh, them out. You. Actually, I think I'll be more boring than other guests. So um, I'm about to make up some stories. Wow. No, no. I guarantee you now. I don't know. I was going to say. Well, I just wanted people to just keep listening. Well, you're definitely going to be the best guest with wrestling stories we've had so far. That's true, yeah. So, the I only. don't know, mind. I was on it. Mm, That's true, yeah. See? You did talk okay, about me. Right. Need to be folded in half. And you've already okay. got a better wrestling story than any of mine, probably. So. No. Although that includes me, so that's a joint wrestling yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. I can give a... it from my perspective. <laughs> that's true. Oh, oh, how we laughed. Oh, that's yeah. your perspective. And cried. Oh, I'm still in agony to this day. Like, it's not agony, but when I get cold, oh, I got a pain in my back. Oh, please don't say that. I'm, I'm waiting for Junior to get absolutely massive, and I'm going to I'm gonna go to see a doctor then and become rich. I think. Oh no! Right. It's like those adverts where they're like, uh, "Have you been hurt at work?" And you're be like, you "Well, been, yes." Have you been injured in a wrestling video? <laughs> Call Wrestling Video Direct and we'll sort out your money. <laughs> oh, I wish that was a thing. <laughs> but yeah, oh. well, so we mentioned junior and wrestling. How do you, um, yeah, how do you manage to do both? How do you split your yeah. time? How do you? Because you're a very busy man, always on the road. Yeah. Always training and playing pop punk in between. Yeah, it's, well, it's funny. I always feel guilty when I then have days off. And I feel really lazy because I'm like, everybody thinks I'm so busy. And here I am waking up at like 11 on a Saturday. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, it's, but that's the thing, I guess, is that I'm very busy at certain points. In my, you know what I mean? Like there'll yeah. be times when 
I'm trying to think, over the last few years anyway, where I've been like in between tours of wrestling and the band stuff, and it's been very, very back and forth. Like, I think it was the end of last year, we had, um, I can't remember what came first, but I think it was like a, a house show tour with WWE, ending at TV tapings in Manchester, and then the next day we were playing Gla- Glasgow at the start of a Scottish tour, so I did four days in Scotland, and then from there... F- um, Went straight back down for another show in Manchester, flew to America, had like four weeks in America, and then from there went straight to Canada for our first tour of Canada with a wow. band. I remember that that was the most hectic. That was like, I think it was like six or seven weeks on the trot going back and forth, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was loving it. But that, that's when it's busy. And then there's times then when I maybe have a week off and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just I'll just sit here and watch Netflix for, <laughs> for the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic that you've been so busy with it and that you haven't lost any love for it either. Because like, what I found is with other people in, in bands from touring is that you can see in them that they're kind of fed up of you know flying back and forth or, and stuff like that, so they get bored really easy. But yeah, I love to... I, I'm over the moon with your passion for it. Well, so. yeah. I actually think that it, they help each other as well because... Um, I, you are right. Like when you're touring concert, I'm sure you know you can remember when it's like you're on the road and it gets, it gets, it does get like knackering and stuff. And you kind of, it's not that you lose your passion, but it's just that you're doing the same thing every night. Yeah, and especially yeah, yeah. when like if crowds aren't good and stuff. Like especially with Junior, there's been a lot of times where we're like, oh, "Hello, Scunthorpe," and there's like, "Ah, oh, all ten of you," you know. Um, and then. But equally, like, so, again, we did a tour recently, which, yeah, you came to on the yep. Bridge End and the Cardiff days when you came yep, in and, and sang with us, which was I awesome. Um, yeah. But I, I remember at the end of that tour, on the last day, we were playing in London um, at, what's the venue called? The Boston Music Rooms. Yep. And they've also got, what's the venue upstairs? It's the Dome. That's mm, it. That's They're it. like a venue which like, has two venues in it. And we just happened to be playing the same day that Attack Pro was wrestling up, doing wrestling upstairs. Oh, wow. So I was like, no way, like, I can do double duty and it'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> so then I, I did it and I remember showing up to the dome after like maybe like two three weeks of touring with the band and I was like yeah like wrestling and everyone else was like yeah cool like it's another Wednesday show because they'd all been on the trot for like the last ten days maybe wrestling like five or six times in that, in that time and they were like yeah it's just another show and I was like oh I guess I'm really like hungry for it right now because yeah. I've been with the band for the last three weeks but you're all just used to wrestling <laughs> yeah. so it definitely helps back and forth you know like I, when I've been touring for a while with the band I'm really hungry to get wrestling again and then when I've been doing you know two weeks straight of wrestling I'm like oh you know what I'm dying to play a gig so it definitely helps balance it out I think yeah. having both of them so would you say having that extra like two passions really help you instead of just focusing on one where you say some of the guys might be bored of doing the same routine because you're doing so much various things Does that help really I think so I mean it helps me anyway um, I mean who's to say you know I don't think I would ever get bored of either fully but it's just it is nice in a way to be kind of forced to focus on the one sometimes you know like when I'm on tour with the band I'm thinking about the band more than I am necessarily to, you know, thinking about wrestling but then equally when I'm on tour with wrestling the band kind of it's not that it goes to the back of your mind but you have to be more focused on one than the other um so i think it's helped me but then who knows maybe maybe in the long run i'll look back and i'll be like damn that junior they really stopped my (laughs) career from progressing but like i don't think that'll be the case because as well it's it's having fun with it i wouldn't regret doing like the band or wrestling or anything Mm. like that ever because it's been uh, a really really fun time so so yeah but on the other side of that how different or really similar do you find those two worlds of kind of the music industry and the wrestling business is there a lot of similarities or is it just a completely different ball game it's a bit of both i think 
Um, it's funny because I, I say this quite a lot actually. Back when me and me and Pete back in the day we did our first Attack Pro show in Cardiff. Like we did one or two in Birmingham, but they weren't very very successful. And then we did our first one in Cardiff, which was like the, the big successful one, you know. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, I wish wrestling was as cool as music, like to the public. Like it, to yeah. me, it was always that cool. But I wish, like you know, I'd see people going to like the local music scene and going to gigs and them selling out and local bands getting like loads of support. And I was like, oh, if we can make wrestling as cool as music then that, that'll be awesome. And then now, since I've been in a band, I'm like, oh, <laughs> why, aren't our, yeah, I'm no! like, why aren't gigs as cool as, as wrestling? Like, <laughs> you can put wrestling on a poster anywhere in the country and sell it out, I reckon, just because yeah. of off the boom of wrestling recently. But then you look at, like, you know, a lot of gigs and, like, the music scene's kind of the opposite right now. And I'm yeah. like, have I just done both of these at the wrong time? <laughs> or am I the reason this is happening? <laughs> they go they go to wherever it's like, oh, Mark Andrews is involved in music now. Better stop supporting the local uh, music scene. <laughs> not on the air, Dan. That's got to go. Mark's yeah. ruined. Nah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Firstly, ruin wrestling, and now yeah. You want to take up another hobby just to see? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, golf. Oh, Tiger Woods died the day you took yeah. it up. Oh, it's definitely Mark. He's super unlucky. No way. Uh, but genuinely, I, I, you know, it's 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 crazy how that's. Uh, yeah, so I, I forgot what your question was. Then I just went just the parallels of both worlds. Oh, of course. Yeah, I um. Yeah, it's weird. So there, there's loads of parallels, but then there's weird things. Like when we first started gigging, because uh, in wrestling you get taught, like, oh, yeah, when you go backstage, you know, you, you shake everyone's hand. Like that's a thing, like in wrestling. like, And it's kind of like an old school rule, but I still yeah. like doing it. It's mm. a nice way to kind of break the ice and, and force you to be more social. So I'd go and do these gigs. You know, we'd, we'd start playing in like uh, in Fuel down in Cardiff, you know, no one in the crowd and yeah. like we're playing with like five other bands and they're all like 16 years old and I'd be going up to them like shaking. Mark shaking all their hands <laughs> and they were all like awkwardly like oh hi no but that's do you know what I've noticed since going to wrestling shows and um, I'm meeting you and the others or whatever that I like that though like I like that's something I think is missing from rock music mm. yeah. is, is yeah. that because the amount of times you can go to a festival and you're just there and you just see other bands and you get that awkward kind of side eye, do we go and say hello yeah. and all this and all this stuff. Like, mm. and th- th- I think that would be the perfect way to keep it up. Please yeah. keep it up. Don't I mean, uh, the guys, Matt and Sai always say because obviously they were in bands prior to Junior, um, and Junior's my first proper band I've been in. You know, well, how long's Junior been going for people who don't know? <laughs> um, I was trying to figure this out in my head a minute ago. Actually, we we started like demoing and jamming end of 2013. Cool. And I think we released like a kind of like a bedroom EP, like a bedroom demo. Yeah. Um, start of 2014. That's when we started gigging. Yeah. So yeah. So since about five years now. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's kind of obviously it's. I would say it's, it, it, it didn't necessarily take off at a certain point. We just started getting more and more into it you know what i mean like as i said it started off as like a bedroom demo kind of thing because none of us had had too much experience with going to like a proper studio and all that stuff i mean matt and si had more but i certainly didn't yeah. i was just like yeah. why aren't we signed already yeah <laughs> like they've heard our you know six track like that's it now we should be done for life exactly i was like neck deeper being signed like why aren't we and then i was like actually there's a lot more to it than that <laughs> but yeah so um we've been going for about five years now and yeah it's just uh Awesome. It's just loads of fun, isn't it? Being yeah. in a band. Oh, I love it. I miss it every day. Well, I did miss it every day. I'm and our Raiders is, yes. is here. We'll see. We'll which, see. Which yeah, we've just been booked for a, a gig. So we're doing one of them rock concerts. One of the old rock and roll I can't. Concerts. I cannot wait to run about them. People go, oh, that's that knob from that band, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I re- recognised that 
jelly blob running about on stage. <laughs> you know, the times that you've done guest vocals at the junior shows, because for those listeners who don't know, obviously, Sean did, I did. guest vocals in Fall to Pieces, which is my entrance music in the WWE. Yeah. Um, Check time- it out. It's on Spotify. If you listen to this on Spotify, finish listening to this, <laughs> yeah. then nip over and... Uh, yeah, check it out. And it's then fantastic. like repeat it a few times yeah. so the views go, you know, the listens yeah. go up. Um, put it on times three so it's three times the speed and then put it on silent. Can you do that? Can you, you up can the speed on Spotify? Yep. You can do it on, yeah. I'm not no. sure on music. I'm but not, you can do it on podcasts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely do it on podcasts. <laughs> I don't know how where anybody goes. <laughs> 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 oh, no, I said wink instead of just winking. Oh, Does your no. voice go like, uh, like yeah. high pitch when yeah. you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you put this bit on, if we just all go, when I ultimate or somebody puts it on three times the speed, then that bit will sound mental. It'll be like super, super. It's cool. like, should we do it now? Wrestling. That's going to be brilliant. People are going to think we've gone mental. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll do it really slowly and then. You know. <laughs> if we do it at once, it's a pace, it'll sound like a normal podcast. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Amazing. so you said uh, junior, best nearly five years now. Yeah. Um, how, how old are you when you took up the ra- the wrestling? Um, oh, do you know what? It's a funny time. So it, it, was a, it was two days before my 13th birthday. It was the 23rd of January, 2005. So if anybody wants to get Mark a present, he's just admitted 25th of January... Is oh birthday. yeah! I just re- oh. <laughs> do you know what though? On Wikipedia, it says it's the twenty third. So people are always messaging me, being like, "Happy birthday!" And I mean, that's not terrible really. friends. Yeah, terrible that's, terrible that's not friends. something that I should really be mad at people for. Yeah, it's no, quite yeah. nice, really. I should be like, "Wrong you wish day!" You happy birthday! Oh. Two days early. Two like days a- early, you scum! I wish you were dead. <laughs> it's like Brilliant. a wrestling birthday, I guess. But yeah, so that so this will be coming up soon. Will be what the fourteenth anniversary of me wrestling, Ooh, wow. which is weird. Because that means that I've been... I think last year I realised, okay, every day that passes now will be a day more that I... I've wrestled longer Long than, than I haven't, haven't wrestled, yeah. Oh, wow. Which is weird. Because now I'm like, oh my God, it's controlling me. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking over. Yeah, I mean, it knows me better it. than I know myself. <laughs> what? But yeah, so it's... Um, yeah, 14 week before I turned 13, yeah, which is crazy. Because that was a long time ago. And it didn't... Honestly, it doesn't feel like that long ago. Obviously... I started training um, in Kate's Community Centre, where we do all our shows still. So, like, when I look at it like that, I'm like, oh, I still go, I still, I still take classes there every week. You know, every Thursday, nice. I'm taking Dragon Pro sessions there and stuff. And it's, it's kind of, it's just to me, it just feels like, oh, I've just been doing it a while. But then, it, you know, it's obviously taken me yeah. around the world with wrestling, you know, with WWE and like everywhere else I've been and stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's been pretty crazy. It's a bit different now, isn't it? It's just like me and my mates going to wrestling school every every Sunday, you know. So, yeah. you mentioned Attack earlier. Um, for those who don't know, how did um, Attack come about? Attack Pro Wrestling. So attack came about. In, oh, I'm terrible with dates and stuff. When was it? 2012 or 2010, maybe. I don't know, around then, some sometime around then. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Pete's done and um Jim Lee, who's the like the announcer, you know, the MC at Attack Pro. Those two set it up cuz pretty much I, I met those guys back in I want to say 2007, 2008. Um I used to go to these wrestling camps up in Kent. Um oh, and actually I'll 
talk about that quickly because that's yeah, funny in itself. On. Like when I was fourteen, my pa- I remember nagging my parents like, "Can I go to the wrestling camp, NWA Hamelock camp up in up in Kent?" And uh, so my dad would drive me about five hours up there, drop me off at the uh, the Fat Fiddler Hotel. Well, you know. Up, upstairs to a pub yeah. where the sheets were dirty and there were four beds in a room oh, and I was and I'm there and this might make it sound like my parents were really irresponsible but they had, <laughs> they had they were you know they were a bit like oh I don't know about this and luckily my trainer at the time like went up there as well so he was kind of my guardian I guess yeah. and yeah I just went up to a wrestling camp and then through that I guess I made a few contacts and ended up um making my way to Coventry for a show and that's where I met Jim and Pete and I had Pete's first match when he was 12 and I was 14 which is nuts and he, he was That's Tiger crazy. Kid and I was Lightning Kid so <laughs> he yeah was he was Tiger Kid oh if you said Tiny Kid <laughs> Tiny oh, Kid brilliant <laughs> he was pretty di- tiny the tables have turned <laughs> yeah I know right yeah Jesus. now the blues away <laughs> formerly Tiny Kid he done no way that'd be amazing um, so yeah so then I met them there and then I think after a while we, we you know palled up and stuff and we ended up back in the days of MSN we'd uh, add each other on nice. MSN and chat wrestling and stuff and do a few shows you know back and forth in Cardiff and in um, in Coventry and, and then actually kind of a backstory to attack uh, so when I was 16 I was looking like constantly on eBay for a wrestling ring because I was like oh like I used to like watch a lot of like American backyard wrestling videos and like I did a bit of backyard wrestling myself which was loads of fun uh, and then I was like oh but in America like they all have rings you know and obviously mm. in America everyone's back garden is huge and it just seems a bit easier to get one out there, whereas over here, you know, it's hard enough to even find a big enough garden to wrestle in. But, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll find a wrestling ring. And I found, so because I was searching every single day for like months, like wrestling ring, boxing ring, in case it was a cheap one. And one day I typed in boxing ring, but I think I like spelt it wrong. This is the le- level of like searching on eBay I was at. I'd look for typos. It was like boxing rigging, you know? <laughs> boxing, boxing ring. Yeah. Uh, boxing ring. <laughs> so I was like searching through typos and I found one in Manchester for a hundred quid and I had no photos and I was like, no way, this could be the one. So I was like, oh, a hundred quid, like I'll use my Christmas money, you know what I mean? I like probably get it. It was in December and my dad being the, the legend that he is and really supportive of wrestling, he drove up in his like, People carry it. Have you ever seen those cars that have like, like camper vans where they got like a tent that comes out the top of them? Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't even like appropriate for picking up a wrestling ring. And we, we went up there and we found this boxing ring. It was like 10 foot by 10 foot, tiny little thing. Um, and we like somehow managed to get it back to Cardiff in his people car. We like lifted the tent up, cut the tent out and put the boards down there. That's so, dedication. Yeah. Like the, the metal poles were like going like you know past us yeah. the to the front to the windshield <laughs> and stuff but anyway so i got I had that and then we set up this thing called fest um which was me and my mates who i used to backyard with uh and some of them had had a bit of training a bit of pro training and had one or two pro matches uh but then we'd invite jim lee and pete dundown and fest was fun events and sick times <laughs> <laughs> that was what it's, what it's said for. i enjoyed that and we, we had uh three events we had Chris, uh, christmas fest easter fest and summer fest um throughout like one year this must have been i don't know 2008 or something 2009 um and yeah they come down so it was just us essentially backyard in in front of you know each other like we were the crowd but but we rented out Kate's community center when we did it so it's so funny now that we still do shows in Kate's community center mm-hmm. and back then it was i've still got footage of it and it's amazing like on that you know raggedy old ring i learned to do my first shooting star press like me and Pete wrestled loads of times there like well, Jim did loads. I'm trying to think anyone else who was a guy called Jeff Corney who did a little bit on the local yeah. scene. So it was really, really cool. You go back and it's, quite, it's just kids like having crazy wrestling matches. But then that slowly became 
you know, when attack, when Jim and Pete had set up attack in Birmingham and they wanted to set up a company, which was a way to, you know, kind of give us some exposure and give, because that was a lot, like down south, we didn't get around that much and there wasn't really a lot of, there weren't any big promotions. You had like FWA back in the day, you yeah. had like, I don't know, 1PW, but that was kind of further away from us and we weren't really part of it. So we set up attack and then we decided to run a Cardiff show. And I remember like Jim Lee and me, Flyed all around Cates. Like we had five thousand fly, mainly Jim. I'm not going to take credit for Jim's hard work. Yeah. He was in the rain. He'd come down here from Coventry and he'd fly her door to door. And this is what I mean when I was saying earlier about the music scene being cooler. Like you'd never have to fly a door to door for a, a, like a, a punk rock gig, yeah. would you? Like please come to the punk rock show. <laughs> Whereas with wrestling, we were like, you know, I'll come to the show. And I remember we had like what we considered a sellout at like 85, 90 people, and we were like, guys. We this are the kings. Is, this is WrestleMania for us. <laughs> it was amazing. Get out of the way, Vince. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking We're coming. Well seen. <laughs> it was amazing. And what's funny is, actually, after handing out 5,000 flyers door to door, half the crowd was Eddie Dennis's mates and half the crowd were my mates. And then we might have drawn like five people from five <laughs> yeah. hours and hours in the rain of like flyering. We probably only sold five tickets off the back of it. 4,995 wasted flyers. Yeah, like. exactly, right? It's, oh, and it's tragic. But um, but yeah, we were like, this is the big one. This is, And everyone was psyched. We were like, because again, back, back, if you, if you go back like 10 years in the British wrestling scene, it's not like it is now. You know, these days yeah. you have Progress, you have ICW, you have Fight Club Pro and Attack and all these companies doing like, that that kind of I, w- I don't want to say niche style of wrestling because it's that NXT style of wrestling. It's that very competitive, fast paced yeah. wrestling, right? But back in the day, you'd just have the kids shows where you'd have someone pretend to be Kane come out and mm, you know yeah. someone being like shall I and you know very much foam finger selling, you know. And not that I'm against that at all. Yeah. Like that's a, a great style, but there was no punk rock wrestling back then really you know and we were like this is the one we're gonna make it and if you go back and watch it like we're busting out crazy like reverse hurricane runners and crazy <laughs> backflip into ddt this is the stuff that we do now but like back when we were you know much younger i remember afterwards we were like this is it like we we kind of copied that pwg uh mindset of like making a trailer and putting it online and then we started doing wacky stuff like the press start events where we'd all dress up as video game characters and it was we took inspiration from chikara because they were a really wacky company yeah. that we all really liked yeah. um so yeah so we kind of just grew and i like to think like without blowing smoke up our asses like i like to think that we kind of did set a tone for the rest of the country. Like, even though you had guys up north, like Chris Travis and uh, Martin Kirby were doing similar things, like, there wasn't many places in the UK doing it. And then I think, like, Progress came along after that, and, like, ICW, they were going all along, but they they kind of really upped their game as well, and they've always been a different style of wrestling anyway, more hardcore and stuff. But um, I like to think Attack has kind of had, like, a maybe not so much well-known, but a big impact on the UK scene of wrestling anyway. It's had a big impact on me, because um, I'd never really gone to an indie show before, an Attack one, I don't think, and... uh, yeah, it was awesome. Blew my mind the first time. What was the first yeah. one? Yeah, when, when did you come? It was in Cate's Community Centre. Was it in the bingo? It was in the other room, wasn't it? Not the bingo hall. Uh, yeah, not the bingo hall. The other one, yeah. Um, how long ago was that? That was quite a few years ago, yeah, wasn't it? four or five years ago, I think. I remember people being like, oh, Sean's missing the, in the crowd. And I was like, no way. Like That, that was when we knew we were cool. Because we were like, <laughs> oh genuinely, God. and it's funny to say now, that's, because like, oh. now we're mates, and I'm like, oh, it's just Sean. But like back then... Oh, I remember, what, the problem is, that's what everybody thinks now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been outed now. You're like, you're not cool <laughs> now. You're still cool. Like, yeah, no, he's nothing. He's just <laughs> a podcast. He talks to the people. He's <laughs> <laughs> relevant. 
Um, but it was like, I remember being well, like, yeah, I bands are Pete, coming to our show. Pete asked for a photo. Pete was like, oh, come a photo. And no I was like, <laughs> imagine I know. <laughs> You'd be like, Pete. Push me in the face. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, yeah, because it was, it was, I don't know, it was, again, we'd hear about PWG out on the stage and you'd have like all the people from bands would yeah. go out there. Like, and I mean, even when I was out there a few years ago, there was like, um, at the time, Ronda Rousey was coming to the shows when yeah. she wasn't wrestling, you oh, know, and that was. I think Andy from Every Time I Die was at those shows as yeah, well. Yeah, met him there and like um, the guitarist from Tool. He was, yeah. he was, he comes to all of them. Like, loads of like, like the casts from loads of like Netflix, you know, shows yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, all the cool people in LA go to these little dingy PWG shows. And then when like you came, and I think like maybe one of the guys from Kids in Glass Houses came along, like, I'd always hear like every show there'd be someone be like, oh, is that from, from blah blah, from this band, or is that from that? And like, we'd be like, oh, we're the cool little thing now. Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, it's still just in Kate's community center. Yeah. Uh, no, like, but I, I genuinely yeah. do think it is a cool little thing, or because I remember back in, back in the day, like how old I am. <laughs> back in the day when everything was black and white right um, back oh, in 2009 oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah every like there was like punk rock shows that reminded me of Attack Wrestling that I used to love to go to and yeah Attack just has that energy and I, I love that it's like a like a family event as well like it, like it's it doesn't you know it's not over 18s wrestling and stuff and because, yeah, I just love seeing families there and them having a laugh as well. Yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's that's what I think is uh, something that's missing in the British scene, actually, um, where, like, yeah, people tend to have, like, over-18 wrestling, yeah. we're all going to swear, we're all going <laughs> to drink, yeah, yeah. and then you have, like, kid shows, whereas, like, my favourite type is when it is actually everyone. Like, you can yeah. still appeal to, like... Adults, yeah. when kids can still enjoy well, it, like, yeah, that's I mean? exactly what I got at Attack. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's I mean, my, that's my favorite type of wrestler anyway. Because I think when you rely on like swear words and alcohol fueled, you know, yeah. like crowd, it's kind of it's not cheating, but you haven't got to work as hard. I yeah, think. it's easier, yeah, it? it's, it's, it, it is yeah. easier. You know, and the same with gigs, I guess, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? If you can actually appeal to to everyone and not well, offend anyone, yeah. then that's the best way to do it, really, isn't it? You know, yeah. and also it's easier to get a reaction if you're headliner just because people have spent time getting drunk on, you know. In the yeah. gig, like nice, so. <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of, you, know, you mentioned Pete Dunn. You've really had a massive history with him. Looking at both your journeys now in wrestling, is it nuts that you've just ended up at WWE, starting this UK division and just everything in between? That's got you guys to like matched up throughout your career. Yeah, no, it really is. Honestly, it's it's weird. I can't even. Like, I, it sounds a bit corny, but like I genuinely can't even put it into words, really, because I, I think what well, it's weird. Like we always knew Pete was going to be huge, and I think we all knew that like we were all going to do something, not in an arrogant <clears> way, <throat> but like that was our goal. Like I never thought that I was going to necessarily make it to WWE, but I always thought oh, if I could, like that would be like kind of like the validation, you know what I mean? Like, um, and it's same with music, you know what I mean? Like when we were talking about like labels and stuff like that. Like, did you ever feel like that, Sean? When when with music, like, oh, if we get a label. That'll be like not, yeah. not kind yeah, of like that validation, so. you know. You know what, uh, to be honest, you nailed it on the head. You hit it on the head, really. You hit the nail on the head with. I've always felt like we were going to do something. It just was a matter of time. Like we were, we were prepared to just constantly play everywhere to anyone, forever. And I just thought, well, I really like these songs, and we leave practice or rehearsal or recording or whatever, and I'm still singing those songs. So they must be, they must be all right. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, they must yeah. be catchy, and yeah, I just had a vibe that we once, once somebody important had seen us, we'd be all right. Like I just needed that break in front of someone who could, 
you know, help facilitate the band to go to the next level. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, luckily for me, it happened. But oh, well, I mean, that's the same with wrestling. I think. Well, and same with the with the band now with Junior as well. But like with like going back to saying about you know me and Pete, like mm. we we had loads of goals in wrestling. It wasn't just like we wanted to work for the WWE. Obviously, that was the top goal. Yeah. But like you know, we wanted to go to Japan. We wanted to do the American Indies. Like. Um, like, you know, Pete back in the day went and trained out Mishinoku Pro because he got the opportunity. I was close to doing it as well, but unfortunately, the, the opportunity. Well, actually, I was about to drop out of uni to go and do it. So, in <laughs> retrospect, I'm kind of. It was in my third year, and I was like, the opportunity might come up. And then I was like, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad it didn't because, yeah. you know, I'm grateful that I uh, finished uni. But, but like, it's funny, you know, I said, I had my first match with him. We used to wrestle pretty much backyard in, in a 10 foot boxing mm. ring. And then we set up attack, or at least, you know, I had a big part in attack on the early days with him and Jim. Um, we run attack together for years and years. Then we traveled America in 2013. We just got a flight and slept on floors for 10, 10 weeks in different states in America, which again, and even back then, like we got a lot of shit from that for doing that off the rest of the scene. Cause, um, and now someone did it because we now kind of are you know, working for WWE and we've proved that it was worth it. If someone did it now, they wouldn't get any yeah. crap for it, you know what I mean? Like because it's. Well, where did it, where did I come from? Where did the animosity for what doing what? Just going out there and trying. Yeah, to the, make it's a it. weird mindset with wrestling, right? Where, and it's funny. I don't necessarily think that the music scene has this. I think the music scene has the opposite um, of this, which is there used to be this kind of, and then there still is from some people this old school mentality of like you don't pay for your own expenses. Yeah, you, do, yeah. you don't pay for your flights out there, and I guess you would maybe have it with a. I mean, I guess it's the same as if, like, with a band, you know, some bands pay to get on tours. But even yeah. in the music scene, that's kind of accepted more, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know that, like, in the music scene, it's, it's very much well known that, like, okay, some bands pay to get on their first tour, and then that is their big break. And even yeah. though they cost them 10 grand, like, they then succeeded, and it's a sacrifice they had to make, right? So we would pay for our flights out to America, and a lot of the guys who kind of more old-school mentalities were like, these guys are taking food off our tables. And it's so funny in retrospect, actually, because yeah. at the time, I felt proper, like, bullied. Like, I remember being, like, we flew ourselves up to Poland one time, and um, someone tweeted, like, oh, I wish those lads would... Uh, you know, someone who was a lot bigger than us at the time as well, who had a lot more kind of coverage online. And the, I wish those lads would work on their wrestling instead of paying their way out and this, this stuff. But we got a lot, of, a lot of crap for it. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's funny because my mentality was like, okay, regardless of whether I'm wrestling or not, I want to spend my time. I was 21 at the time. I was like, I want to finish uni and fly to America and be there for 10 weeks. And if anything, wrestling makes that more more achievable. I get yeah. to sleep in people's couches. Like I've got a DIY mentality. So is, so is Pete, you know, we, yeah. I wouldn't want to go out there and stay in hotels every night. We wanted to go out there and do something like, yeah. like a, a band on tour. Yeah. And that's what we were always trying to imitate. We were always trying to imitate a punk rock band yeah. on tour. And I think other people didn't see that side of it. And they were like, they're taking food of our tables. Cause th th their mentality would be, you know, if we flew ourselves out and took a job from someone else, that that person wouldn't get paid. But that's such an old school mentality mm. because my mentality back then as well was if that person is relying on these little independent wrestling shows to feed their family and put food on the table, they're doing something worse than what I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if, if they were saying like, oh, how are these people going to feed their kids and stuff? I was like, why are they relying on these little shindy shows? These but little then, like, <laughs> like in front of yeah, 20 people to, like, to feed their family. Like, saying that it's really just taking a, risk, a bet on yourself, isn't it? To get yourself out there and create opportunities for yourself rather than just waiting at home trying to find the next thing to do you can go out there and actually do it and make those contacts and 
expose yourself in a different country 100 especially being from the uk like you know now you can look back and you go oh, nxt uk is here you know world sport just started on tv uh you know british boot camp happened a few years ago mm. with cna ring of honor is signing british guys there's all of these you know, your progress is huge actually w's huge back then none of that was the case yeah. back then you literally had a few independents in the uk and nothing else. Like, mm. so I think Zack Sabre had gone out to Noah in Japan at that point. Obviously, guys like Doug Williams had done stuff back in the day, but that was kind of the generation before us. Um, you know, there really wasn't a lot going on. And then I actually think that had a huge impact on our careers because at least then we'd met, like... Well, not, not even just our careers, but our lives. You know, I've yeah. got... Like, Ricky Shane Page is the best example, right? We, we flew ourselves out. We landed in Philly. We had, I think, two bookings confirmed at the time for 10 weeks. And we ended up having, like, 20 by the end of it. So it worked out really well for us. Uh, we were in Philadelphia. We planned to stay there for, like, two or three days with Aphidian, who worked for Chikara. And um, after that, we were like, we don't know what to do. We're going to somehow make our way to Chicago because we had a contact there as well. So I just messaged Ricky Shane Page on Twitter because he'd, he'd seen the Attack music videos that we'd uploaded. And he was like, these guys, he could sense it was like that backyard wrestling DIY mentality. Yeah. And he was like, okay, um, you know, these guys, you know, they're cool. And he followed us back and whatever. And I messaged him like, hey, man, we're in America. Could you help us out at all? And he was like, yeah, come to Ohio. Just stay with me. I'll try and get you on some shows. And like, bless him. Like, Ricky's the man. I don't know if you guys have met him, but he's just, he's the funniest dude in the world. Um, so we, we, drive, we get on like two Greyhounds, like down to Pittsburgh and then to Ohio. It was like, I don't know. 10 plus hours to get to him and he just put us up for the weekend he managed to get us on two shows and for both shows the w only way he could get us on the show is if he didn't take a wage he said to, the, to these cheap promoters he was like listen if you put these guys on they can have my fee uh -huh. and they didn't tell us that until like you know much later wow. um, and both times like we killed it we had a tag match against him and his partner and like it was like match of the night and the promoter ended up being like no I'll pay you, you as well because it was like match of the night and then after that we did AIW which is a singles match and that really helped us and like especially you know our exposure in America and now Ricky uh, you know he's just done his first tour of Japan he's been over to the UK multiple times and yeah. like he's so proud to see like where me and Pete are and it just shows that like karma is definitely a thing in, in wrestling because like he, he's benefited in his career from doing multiple UK tours because we think so highly of him and his wrestling it's not just him as a person he's a fantastic yeah. wrestler but like that contact wouldn't have been made if he didn't take a chance on us and help us out yeah. and it's just for me anyway that's a really nice like example in wrestling of like you gotta mm. you gotta put you know let people sleep on your floor you gotta take a chance and well I think it goes background again to the old constant you know, like being nice like yeah there's not, like I said, there's not enough of that in the band world, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and with that, I think looking at wrestling on a different level, there seems to be that more togetherness with the performers and yourselves rather than in the music industry. I think I a lot think of people so. want to help each other out and you see each other as a kind of group of people trying to succeed rather than it's this band against this band. And I also yeah. think that's because you've all been through pain together. Like, do you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, yeah. that would be a bonding. Like, you know, you when you're in the ring, you know, you have to look after each other, um, and you you know you do. You all get hurt. You've all experienced, um, you know, crazy bumps or whatever. So you, I guess, you've all bonded now. So you all know what you're doing, what your journey's been, where you've come from. Whereas bands who just meet each other are just like, you know, I don't know who you play to last. I yeah. don't know, you know, what you do, what your your vibe is or whatever. So that's the awkwardness. So that's why I think. The wrestling vibe is better than the rock one at the moment, but there's no there's no reason why that can't yeah can't cross over, can't cross over and and 
really help the rock scene. I think as well, like in wrestling, I guess you're always going to rely on your opponent or, or opponents to have a good a good match. You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas I guess in music, your community is kind of your band. So yeah. you've already got three, four, five people to rely on, and that's who you speak to, and you hope that you will make it. Whereas other bands are almost seen as then potentially competitors. You know what I mean? Whereas in yeah. wrestling, like. I mean, you could just be a lone wolf, but then you'd be hated by everyone and no one would want to work with you, you know? And there are a few of those guys in the, in the industry who, you know, who've made it far, but yeah. equally, you kind of need, like, I guess your group are the people you work with and mm. then you make your own surroundings. But as you said, it is a shame in the in the band world because especially, like, with the Welsh music scene at the moment, like, it's not as active as it was back in the day, obviously. No, no, um, no. We're close friends with, like, Holden Absence and, and even, like, guys like yourself, you know what I mean? There's, it's nice to know that there is still a kind of... A community, yeah. even if it, even if it's a much smaller mm. one. Well, I think, than... yeah, I've noticed like over the last <clears throat> six months or something, I I think it's coming back. Like I feel like, yeah, I think it's just starting to come back together yeah. again. And I yeah, hope so. it's, a, it's a it's a great thing. Like like you said, holding absence yourselves. Um, Dream State, now. Dream State, yeah. yeah. Casey, yeah. obviously, I know they just just called Split, it a day, yeah. but they were smashing it before that. Yeah, um, Asteroid Boys too. You mm. know what I mean? And there's a lot of younger new bands just starting out as well, which just seem they're going to be on the next kind of level. So I hope so, because yeah. again, as I said, you know, I'd I'd love for punk rock shows, little intimate, intimate punk rock shows in in Cardiff and, and in Wales in general mm. to be more popular. You know, I, I used to hate going to see a local show and. You know, nobody's there or whatever. It's 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 just a shame, isn't it? You know, you want to see people's yeah. efforts go. Why don't we go further? Um, rip off the every time I die Christmas idea? Oh, I was going to like, like a month ago, and then I was like, oh, it's too much stress, too much effort. <laughs> we should do it though. That'd we be should, fantastic. Yeah. We, we played before. We played um, the Celtic Bar in Merthyr Tydfil. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, Steve Thomas says hello, mind. He was Sweet Sugar Steve. Oh, Sweet Sugar. <laughs> I saw him yesterday. Yeah, did you? Did you know him? Yeah, That's playing. a blast from the past, yeah. that is. Um, as old Celtic wrestling days. We used to uh, wrestle in the studio bar up yeah, in Merthyr. Yeah. yeah, we played it once, right? My, uh, the Blackout. Were we called the Blackout at the time or was it 10-minute preview? Might have been the Blackout, anyway. And, um, yeah, we played it and we just played a set of new metal covers. Oh, we like, amazing. What, what goes hand in hand with wrestling? New metal, New metal, obviously. obviously. Yes. Oh, wait, did you play the wrestling show? Yeah, played oh, the wrestling show. Oh, the rock and wrestling, was it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we did uh, Deftones, Two Limp Bizkit songs, Linkin Park song. Amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Probably uh, like Mudvayne. Trying to be wrestling disturbed, you know? Yeah, they all were the, the wrestling songs. They were, they were, it was so fun to get to play that and then like watch the wrestling. It was bringing my two favorite things together i think so mm. we, yeah we should definitely look into that for the future that'd be awesome i'd love that but um speaking of the togetherness in wrestling i'm going to drop a story here because i always remember a moment where i really saw it happen was uh i was at the wwe uk first tournament night in blackpool yeah and um <laughs> yeah yeah, I wasn't. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was covering it thanks to WWE. Yeah. Um, and um, I just remember after the first night, I went. We went back to your hotel room, and it was me, uh, your girlfriend. Whoa, where you going with this? <laughs> Shit, together. Me and Morgan have a story. Right, anyway, we went back <laughs> together. Right. What I mean is that you know we went back to the hotel and stuff with you guys and a couple of guys from Junior were there, and. I remember Pete Dunn came in and you guys were all just kind of buzzing of how that night went and everyone was just kind of congratulating each other and Pete had just done that big angle with William Regal 
and you were just looking back and it was kind of like this is all your first night in WWE and you yeah. were just buzzing that for each other and what you were all doing separately not this is what I was doing wasn't that cool it was oh my god you did this match and you did this so as a team yeah for me seeing that you were all just kind of so pleased for each other yeah definitely well again and and Pete is the is the one to mention here because for so long like in our little group I was always the one getting pushed the furthest because I had uh, the flippy, you know, flippy moves, mm. bright blonde hair, really like obvious baby face, right? And for Pete, it took him a, a good few years to actually find, like before he was a bruiser weight, you know, I used to love seeing him in his uh, three quarter length Takamishinoku tights, but it didn't really resonate with crowds as much as the bruiser weight thing has. Um, and I remember, like, out of our group, like, it, al- it almost felt not, not awkward at all because, like, we were all happy for each other, but, like, Pete was always the workhorse in the sense that you could have a match with him and he'd make you look great. And I'd always have my best match and still have my best matches with him. Um, and then because I was the flippy guy who could do the shooting star press, you know, I got seen for British Boot Camp and TNA and my career started, like, building for others. So now for us all to see Pete, like, blowing up and becoming, like, he's considered one of the best in the world, which we've all known for years anyway, yeah. it's really nice because it's almost like it's, overdue he he really kind of he didn't get the attention from promoters and from the crowd for so long when he deserved it and now it's almost like you know you know you wait for a bus and then yeah. five come along well yeah. imagine 20 have come along for him you know <laughs> it's like literally like now it's like he's blown up and it's completely well deserved um and i remember when this was the day after that um which is the second day of the first tournament when me and him had the what was it semi-finals match yeah and uh, I just got backstage and just burst into tears. And obviously he had to go wrestle Tyler like next afterwards. But I was like, and the, you know, I, I don't normally get emotional when it comes to wrestling. But I think since then I've been more emotional because going back to what we were saying, it's that validation. You know what I mean? It's that like, you know, I've been doing this at the time, 12, 12 years. And I was thinking, oh, 12 years. Like, you know, me and Pete had our first match together, like literally from when he was 12 and I was 14, you know. And then fast forward and we're having a match in WWE. And not just a match, but a match which like afterwards, you know, Triple H would shake our hands, Finley would shake our hands. And it just felt like, what is happening? Like, never thought this would happen. Crazy. And yeah, it's, uh, so it was really awesome. You know, that, that for me could like, this, I don't want this to sound bad, but like, if it all ended there, I would have been happy with my career. And the fact that now, two years later, I've been able to do house shows up and down the country. I've been flown to America multiple times to work for WWE. You know, NXT UK has started. Like, that that was my dream. I remember when I, when I was working for TNA, I used to think to myself, ah, oh, like, my dream really is, like, if I could just, if there could be a UK-based company where that could have the platform that you know and i could make a living off that that'd be the best and then you fast forward to now and i'm like mm. what like this literally <laughs> nxt uk started yeah. dream come true no th- thank you no, honestly it's, 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 awesome. it's such an exciting time it really is and again this is something that i wouldn't have thought was possible when i started wrestling and i wouldn't have thought it was possible for me to make a living off wrestling i remember thinking to myself oh i hope that i can do celtic wrestling on a monthly basis <laughs> yeah. i remember dreaming like oh if celtic wrestling could make me the champion at one time that was when i was like 13 <laughs> and fast forward and I'm like oh I might have a shot of the old UK championship you know yeah. or the cruiserweight championship or yeah. whatever like like that's it's, awesome. it's still mind blowing to me and I, I never want to lose that kind of that fan side you know yeah. some people it's like in music as well isn't it they tell you like not to be a fan and stuff like that you should always be a fan you yeah. should always be a fan you know what I mean it's you know when I met Triple H and William Regal my, I was I was marking out in my head, you know what I mean. And I, I'm, that might sound a professional, but you, sh- you should never lose that mindset. You were saying about the times you met Guns and Roses and stuff like that. You know, you can't act too cool when no. you're shaking Duff's hands or something oh, like that, can you? You know. I was, trying, yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, here's a good story I'm, I've never told. Um, 
that leads back to that. Uh, My Chemical Romance were playing Red in one year, and they were headlining, and um, we were like second on the main stage. So oh, nice. We, we were there early, so we were watching them soundcheck, and uh, we were there side the stage, and Jared uh, or Gerard or I don't, I'm not American, so I don't <laughs> say Gerard. Gerard. But, uh, Gerard uh, was like, "Oh, stay with there." Like, because he's the other side of the stage, obviously. And we're like, "What's going on?" Turned round, Brian May turns up. Oh right? no way! <laughs> standing behind us, right? So I turn round and he goes, "Oh hi, I'm Brian." And I went, "Hello, banana." <laughs> and he moved on to Bob, and he was like, "Hi, I'm Brian." And I was like, "I forgot how to say my name." Don't <laughs> he's only a man, but he's you that's know, amazing. Like, it blew my mind seeing Brian May from Queen just standing there with his big A, oh, look like a so crazy sick. wig. <laughs> That's what it's about, man. Yeah, oh, it's the best. But yeah, like you said, like the fan in me, I just went, yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't say my, na- my name to a grown-up man. I, I had a little moment like that as well. I was, oh, it's uh, all right. More oh, good friends. Sorry. Oh, more good I, friends. Uh, <laughs> all right. Back in the day when I met sorry. Sean Smith. So I, I me not with fun. you. Not with <laughs> you. I was going to yeah, say yeah. I was lucky enough to have uh, a phone interview with Triple H. And it was weird because I had to call him Paul. Oh, that, and yeah, that is weird. it just felt wrong. That you had to say that, so Mr. H, sir. Is this that popped me? Oh, I was Steph. Yeah, uh, that's no, that's awesome. And also, like, again, like, the same thing meeting Triple H for the first time. Mm. And I was like, oh, and then it's even weirder when he said he, he was so cool. He was like, hey, man, how's it going? And I was like, oh, you're just like a normal guy, but yeah. you're not as well, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't be marking out for my boss on, yeah, uh, on this podcast, but I, I don't even care, literally, you know. <laughs> it's awesome, you know, because again, go, going back to that point as well, it's cool to see people who I watch growing up like so passionate about what we're doing now as yeah. well like there's like nxt and two or five live and all that stuff like when it's when he's backstage or malenko's backstage or you know road Do- is a good example like when i was a kid my favorite wrestler was road dog like you just i loved road dog back you know when i was like 10 years old yeah. and then i think we were out in texas for survivor series and i just went downstairs to get some breakfast from the hotel and like he was sitting across you know say good morning or whatever and then like you just pay for my breakfast for me and i was like oh like again like the that was really, really, really nice thing to do uh, as him as a human being. But like the ten year old in me was like, ah. "Road dog just brought me breakfast." Like, oh, you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two words for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, road dog. Thank you. Uh, imagine I'd said it like that as well. I've got two words for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like again, I, I maybe I sound like a massive fanboy, but no. I, I don't think I ever no, but don't want to appreciate yeah, that stuff because it's that's literally that to mm. travel. Because otherwise you will get jaded by it. It's exactly, yeah. yeah. And and sometimes I, I I'm so great. I see people now. Um, it's and again it's the exact same in the music scene. Like it's like you said about the similarities between the two mm. scenes. But like some people get success too fast. And I see some young people in in wrestling now who've wrestled for a year or two. And because NXT UK is around, like there might be opportunities thrown straight away. And you'd never tell those people to not take it obviously yeah. you know because if i got offered a wwe contract you know five years into my career i would have of course you know, you'd be an idiot not to take it but in a way i do feel sorry for them in the sense that when you do get things a bit too fast you don't have that same appreciation for it it's like when you get bands who get signed before they've released a song yeah. and luckily in the music scene you could be in different bands beforehand and stuff like that but some people who just go in completely blind you know 
a year in the music scene and they're signed and that's how you do get a bit of an ego and that's how you do yeah. get cocky and and you don't really understand how it works so then when you are on your way down you might not be as yeah. you, you don't have the longevity mm. you know what I mean and I'm really grateful that I've again it's one thing to say that I've been able to wrestle for 12 years for, for the completely the enjoyment side of it you know what I mean if, if I was still wrestling at Celtic Wrestling every single once a month I'd still be loving it yeah. you know that's, that, that's the thing and that's why you got to keep doing it, isn't it? same yeah. with music you know I remember thinking like oh I hope people don't find it weird that we're playing in front of 20 people on these tours and then like I'm going to wrestle in front of 8,000 people the next night or whatever like is, is that something that could like make wrestling fans think oh that's a bit weird but then I thought well it doesn't really matter does it like yeah. I love playing in front of 20 people like it, it is that mentality of like 50 people or 50,000 you know you, yeah. you do it because you enjoy it you know I still like wrestling and, and performing in front of anyone it doesn't matter if it's you know 20 people in the crowd or mm. thousands so it's yeah so it's uh <laughs> I don't know how we will go on to that tangent, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's yeah. the point. That's the point of this podcast. Yeah. People are like, I just want to know certainty. Guess what? We're having a conversation. Yeah, it's having a chat. It's just having a chat. But, um, yeah, how did uh, how did your involvement with Defend come about? So, similar. We should, oh, wait, we should state that it's Defend Indie Wrestling. Oh, yeah, Defend yeah. Indie Wrestling, yeah. Not, well, we ripped it off the Defend Pop Punk brand. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and since then, I've met Zach from Man Overboard, yeah. who set up Defend uh, Pop Punk. And he, and he messaged me, and he was like, you know, man, so many people ripped off the brand, and yours was the only one that I, I wasn't, like, mad at. Because nice. <laughs> he was like, because I really like wrestling. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. Well, perhaps um, he said that, because he was like, yeah, you're the only ones who could probably all beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. No, see It's fine, lad. Yeah. yeah, please use that. I definitely... No, don't punch my face. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the opposite about a similar time as Attack came around. Because again, it was, it was that same exact mentality of we wanted to make wrestling like music. You know, we... Back then, we go to all the pop-punk shows. We used to love just going to team bands and, and checking out hardcore shows and pop-punk shows and stuff like that. And we were like, oh, well, we wish music was as cool as like a title fight gig you know yeah. like why on the crowd going crazy like have you ever seen that um that video for have hearts last show no. oh man it's nuts i don't know why we took so much inspiration from that one video it's in like a community center and everyone's crowd surfing and it's just nuts yeah. and we were like we want our wrestling shows to be like that you know so we were like oh well first thing we need is a sick clothing brand <laughs> so we were like instead of making like and like wrestling merch back in the day was so corny it was you know it was like fire and comic sans and like yeah. skull and crossbones but, mm. but not cool fire and skull and crossbones it's yeah. really generic crap and um and then I think we caught on to, like, the hipster trends of, like, nostalgia being cool as well, you know? So, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts got cool again and, like, DX shirts got cool again. And we were like, well, if all this stuff's happening and wrestling has a potential to start being cool, like, let's have a cloven brand. And, again, going back to the... Um, getting getting slack from people who you know now look back and I laugh at like we had a load of shit for that too me Pete and Eddie Dennis set up Defending New Wrestling the clothing brand you know we we knocked up that turnbuckle design which apparently every other clothing brand seems to be nicking now which is very frustrating because <laughs> uh, I can't be bothered to try and send them a season assist <laughs> so it's my fault as well but um, you know we set up that and we were like cool let's, let's just make cool clothes let's make like an actual brand not just like crappy wrestling shirts let's make it look cool like band merchandise and yeah and then within 10 minutes everyone was like whoa why does independent wrestling need defending oh whoa, 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 whoa. and i was like oh guys just shut up like stop making these imaginary rules to wrestling like yeah. I'm, that's, that's one thing i'm grateful isn't in the music scene i feel like maybe it's in the sound engineering scene maybe but like in the music scene you don't have that many like old school like, or at least not that I've yeah. come across, like old school guys who are like, you're doing it wrong. Because I feel like success speaks for itself yeah, in yeah. music. Like if, if you sign to a label and you're doing well and you're, you know, 
you're selling on some merch, like, cool. That it's, It speaks for itself. Whereas when we were selling a load of these Defend Any Wrestling shirts, people still had a problem with it. Yeah. And I had no idea why, just because they were weird and they felt the need to have a problem with it. Um, but yeah, so we just set that up and yeah, we just, again, I don't, it, it's not necessarily like something that I do as a moneymaker or anything. It's just something that I do because I'm passionate about it and I like, I like the idea that there's this clothing brand, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, that we can just sell cool items that people, people care about it. And it is a shame that people have like ripped off the logo quite a lot and stuff. Mm. Um, but equally it is a compliment in a way because, you know, you go back a few years ago and there wasn't, like wrestling companies didn't use a turnbuckle as a logo and i think people now naturally think oh that's one of the that, that's a sign for wrestling and they don't yeah. realize no we actually came up with that and the proof of that is that our logo's got like two hooks you know i'm wearing it right now there are two hooks right no wrestling ring has a turnbuckle with two hooks you always <laughs> have a bolt a, a, normally a bolted end or yeah. you have two bolted ends so if people were to argue that like oh no that's been around for ages it's like well why does everyone choose to do it with two hooks then? You know, like, why yeah. wouldn't you do a turnbuckle with two, like, circles on either side? <laughs> so it, it's nice to know that it at least had some sort of influence on the scene, even if I am slightly, slightly annoyed that people keep ripping it off. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but going to mention there about Man Overboard, is it weird for you sometimes when you meet bands and stuff like that who are massive wrestling fans and vice versa, wrestlers who are into your music? Is it quite weird to see? Because I know um, the guys from the Wonder Years... Of big wrestling fans and have checked your music out because of your wrestling work yeah um at first it was really cool like uh soupy from wonder mm. years i remember meeting him at my first time out in pwg and like i did feel like it was kind of it was funny actually because like we were both big fans of each other's respective things <laughs> so he was like man like oh you're a sick wrestler like come, come, we're doing an acoustic show tomorrow like come along and i'll like get i'll get you a vinyl and stuff like this and i was like oh cool that'd be awesome like <laughs> yeah definitely man and then oh that's a really funny story actually i ended up trying to go there and then because i was just an idiot and my phone didn't work in america i got an uber to the completely wrong place oh, and i was like texted him like i'm really sorry man like i've missed it because i've just got an uber the wrong direction <laughs> but yeah like it's really cool when you see that um, and again, like it brings the world together. I think, yeah. like Andy from Every Time I Die, you know, he's smashing it with wrestling. Yeah. He's all he plays in a sick band. He's got um, a fantastic podcast as well called. Uh, does he? Yeah. I did not know about that. You know, kicking ass with Jendi. Uh, get the name right, Sean. Kicking ass with Jesse and Andy. It's him and uh, formerly Braxton Sutter. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah really I love Braxton Sutter. I, I used to team with him in yeah. DNA. Yeah, it's really good good guy that's awesome I'll, oh, I'll check that out um he's a great dude as well you know and again it's, it's really cool to see again like zach from man overboard i think he's a ref for a load of shows out in america um you know yourself sean you know what i mean yeah uh, it's yeah. i don't think who else, like, like ryan from funeral for a friend you know he's a big wrestling fan yeah um just loads of people and then again in my head i'm thinking oh everyone's been these secret wrestling fans for years why didn't i know about this when we were drawing 80 people in kids yeah. like why didn't i message him and be like hey come to you know, why was i messaging you like hey sean man there's sick wrestling i guess you caught onto it pretty fast but yeah. you know like the whole time where i thought people thought wrestling was lame and they thought music was cool secretly every person in a cool band liked wrestling yeah. and i just didn't know <laughs> yeah it's, it is crazy um yeah, because I loved it from when I was a kid, and then it kind of waned a bit, and then I think it was like WrestleMania 30, maybe? Yeah, that was, that was a good yeah. one, I, with Daniel Bryan, and um, yeah. that was a sick yeah. mania. And then, yeah, I watched out my friends in his studio. Like, we had a bunch of friends on, put a big TV up, got a load of set, he's in the studio, and we just watched that. And I was like, why did I ever stop 
Yeah, it is an, it is an age thing, I think. But isn't this it? Is, I think it was a mixture of age thing and the fact uh, I was on the road so much that I I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't really. I didn't really watch TV series. Like we'd just be on tour, so it was like in the day we'd wake up, go into the venue. We had a flight case. Luckily, we had a flight case with a TV and an Xbox in. Oh, amazing! That would go on, and then it would just be FIFA or Call of Duty or whatever the boys were playing all day. Like yeah. it was never any. There's no so, need for watching TV when no. you're on tour, is there? Yeah. You know? So I didn't see much wrestling, and then I saw that WrestleMania, and then I saw PWG, I think, for the first time around then. And I was like, oh, this could be madness. And then, like you said, the, the punk rockness of PWG, seeing the crowd get involved and yeah. people just flying over the ring into the crowd. And I was just blown away by it. And I was like, oh, this, is what, this is what I think the wrestling scene needs. And then I came to Cate's and I was like, oh, we've kind of got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't like, how, how do we know about it? And then, yeah, I've been to Lord since and it's, it's always been fantastic. And it's always, always been entertaining. It's all I, I love that you came to Cadiz and you're like, oh, it's like our version of PWG here. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I and then I think to myself, hey, what else is going on around in Cardiff and in South Wales that I don't know about? Like, I hear we've got like a roller derby team or whatever, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't even know about that. And like, I think are there all these secret alternative little things that I don't know is going on that I'd yeah. love to support? You know, yeah. like I, I think a lot of people have done that with ice hockey recently as well. Yeah, with the like, Devils. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Like, no, it's a lot more people watching ice hockey and stuff. And it's a similar vibe. Like when I go to the, the kind of Devils games, which are awesome, even though I know nothing about ice hockey, it's just yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> have a pint and some popcorn, and you're like yeah, yeah hit him. that looks cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We bought a foam finger and all, it was great. <laughs> but, um, and I'm watching it and I'm like, this is awesome. This is like that, because it, again, it's that family fun, but it's it's not like swearing or anything like that. Um, but it's it reminds me a bit of wrestling. Um, and then I start thinking to myself, oh, we should have a little mini arena like this, you know, like the Attack Pro Arena in That'd Cardiff. Fantastic. It's pretty much just the Cate's bingo wall, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Definitely let me know about that. I'd love to get involved. Yeah, that'd be awesome, wouldn't Attack it? Attack Pro Arena. With a big punk rock gig room as well. Oh, the dream. It's the dream, boys. Slide out stage. That'd be oh, fantastic. Be the, be the one. <laughs> Rebuild the scene, you know. But um, going back to Junior, obviously behind the scenes, you guys have been really busy actually working on an album. Yeah. So what's the update with that at the moment? Because obviously last year you put out Days of the Dead as a single. Yep. So if you've got everything lined up now for new, more new music? Yeah. So we've been, the last year we've really, um, like, Towards the end of last year, or this is the second half of last year, we, we kind of slowed down with um, touring and stuff. We did our one big tour in, what was it, September, October. But uh, for the most part, we weren't doing as many shows because we were focusing so much on writing and recording this album. Uh, it's been a long process, but I think with any band's first album, it's probably a long process, right? Because it's, well, I can only assume so, because you want to you make it perfect, you know? We're all really excited about it, honestly. Like, I, I, you know, like every band says, honestly, this next record, like, yeah. this is our best stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, we really, really feel that way, and I guess like, like every band does. But it's not, it's not just that we think it's our best stuff. It's that we've, we've been sitting on a lot of this stuff for a good while. We've had time to kind of, you know, redo bits and bobs and and really focus on it. Um, it's been super DIY process up until now. You know, we've done it all ourselves. Yeah. Um, we haven't had backing from a label or anything like that and I think the reason now we're kind of you know it's it's pretty much finished we're like 95% complete with it but now we don't want to just release it and get it wasted you know so now is when we are shopping around um, looking for potential label backing and stuff like that because I think that's the thing with the music industry these days isn't it is that 
you could have the best songs in the world and they could go unheard, yep. or you could have the worst song in the world and they'll be number one because and we're not expecting to you know be number one in the in the worldwide charts or anything, but we just we don't want it to go amiss and you know social media promotion is such a minefield these days you know sometimes it feels like all you can do is waste your money on a facebook ad and that's it so we would like to this to have the proper attention that we feel like it deserves um and yeah i think me matt and si are all just we're super psyched to get it out you know it's it's weird it's that it's that middle line of we're so desperate for people to hear it but it would be tragic if we were just to release it and and it would you know not even reach all of our fan base if it would just go on deaf ears kind of thing Um, but yeah super excited to get it out and I think until that is out we're still going to keep touring slow um also because, you know, things like WWE Commitments and Psy uh, plays drums with Novo Amor. Mm. They recently did an American tour, so he was away for a few months. Uh, Matt, who is kind of the main writer in Junior, and an incredible writer, I will say at that. Uh, but funny little bit of trivia, which I'm not sure if people know, he writes a lot of the entrance musics. So yeah. he did, like, Marty Skills theme, he did Pete's original theme. Um, he's done loads of the, loads of the big ones. Uh, so it's, it's in, in, in the kind of whole world of Junior, there's some weird little kind of crossovers you know what i mean and there's a lot going on it seems matt does that under the name hot tag media as well doesn't he yeah yeah hot tag media yeah and uh, all his stuff's on spotify which is great too and it's really nice actually because it's it's kind of like a a nice little easter egg of 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 the junior world (laughs) i think you know that oh the more you dig into it deeper it weaves and you're like wow yeah yeah (laughs) scooby-doo off yeah yeah it's funny and, uh, of though. Of course, yeah. Simon does uh, Head Above the Waves. Head Above the Waves. Yeah, as well. Head Above the Waves, which oh, is yeah. awesome uh, self help kind of charitable organization. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, we're in, it's funny. There's so much going on that it, it doesn't, and in no way would I ever, I'd never want to say that the band was second to, to anything else we're doing because that's not the case. But it's just that I feel like there's kind of more to Junior than just the music that we release and the shows that we play. Yeah. You know, like as the, the three of us all have like, for example like you could be a fan of wrestling and it'd be from wrestling and then be like oh i'll check out his band or you could just be a fan of the band and be like oh is he a wrestler as well and equally same with psy you could know of heads above the waves and then be like oh the guy who runs it is actually in a band and and it could be the other way around too and same with matt with with hot tag so it's just it's nice to know so much is going on and it's nice to know that junior kind of meets everyone in the middle you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but we are we're super excited for this album really like we got some cool stuff on it songs 12 Ooh. yeah we decided to go for like a real you know <laughs> nice. we were pushing for like 14 we were like an old school double disc <laughs> you know nice. quadruple vinyl <laughs> but um yeah no 12 songs uh one of them does include day of the dead um you know this could all change by the time it comes out but mm. we're really psyched it, it it's funny to talk about the writing process a little bit like we feel like these days with kind of like music politics like you see like guys like is it drake who released like a 20 song album but there was some reason for it like uh on spotify the more you release the better rates Mm, you get so you you go to number one faster so there's all politics like that and we were thinking like yeah another thing as well these days people release uh you know one song and they do 12 variations of it and that's their album or or eight variations of it and that's their album and we were a bit like oh you know what like we're not signed to a label we can do whatever we want. We don't have pressure from a label being like, hey, sound like this, sound like that. We can literally just write what we want. So it is, it's a nice, mi- in my opinion, it's a nice mix. And it's like when I used to listen to Guns N' Roses albums when I was a kid, not every song sounded the same. Yeah. Like you go back and you know it sounded like them, but you know, Sweet Child of Mine sounded different to Don't Cry, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that sounded different to November Rain. And uh, we've written an album which is kind of like 
it is got pop punk in it, but it's got a lot of almost stadium rock sounding, you know, over the top bombastic. And then it's got some punk rock songs, you know, um, it's got a piano ballad in there. It's some people in 2018 or 2019, I should say, um, they might listen to it and go, what the hell is this? This is all over the place. But if you're a fan of, in my opinion, more traditional kind of albums, which have a few different layers to it, then I think you'll definitely like it. You know what I mean? I definitely do anyway, but But I'm biased, obviously. (laughs) I've said this in some of the other ones. I think that people are fans of the artist more than genres kind of this in, in these days. So I think, Doing something like that where all the songs are different is great because, you know, people who are fans of your band who you know are going to download it, whatever, will then get music from you that's a different vibe to what they usually do. So hopefully they'll check out stuff, you know, that's in that vibe or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because, well, again, on that point, you look at like uh, like Bring Me just released their new song, didn't they? Yeah. And it's like the poppiest they've ever gotten, yep. which I'm not complaining about because yep. I love pop music. But it's funny, you still see all, you know, the, the the majority at least of their fan base like it because it's bring me you know same with Defavana back in the day like they were proper like screamy more yeah, alt yeah. rock and now they went way more pop but their fans still remain the same yeah. and I, I think you are right in the sense that you know people are just fans of music aren't they it's not like they necessarily love one genre especially yeah. these days because mm. all the genres are mixed so much anyway so I think if you're a fan of Junior you'll definitely like it and hopefully it'll also be good enough to make a lot of new fans yeah. too you know so that's what we're hoping for anyway you know and again going back to what we were saying about um, feeling like validated when I got signed to WWE it's a little bit of that we want this album to do well so we can feel like ah. Oh, we gave it a, we've given this a really good shot and it's paid off, you know? Yeah. It's, um, as I said, I'm sure you felt the same with Blackout at times, you know, you're like, oh, it's, it's paid off and it's worked and we're, you know, we did, when we did downloads a uh, year before last, we were like, it's actually, we're a real band now, you know? <laughs> I remember when we first started, we were like, hey, we're not a real band until we have an EP, until we've done a gig, until we've done a music video. And once we've done those three, we were like, right, we still don't feel like a real band. So then <laughs> yeah. I made a download. We were like, well, this has got to be real band level now. <laughs> yeah. When we started, like I set myself such ridiculous, tiny goals, right? I remember the first time, well, I th- the, the real band thing, I thought we'll be a real band when we play somewhere with monitors. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So we played, um, oh, Eberville. Was it Eberville Rugby Club? Somewhere over that way, over Eberville, E-way. We played a rugby club and we had monitors. And I remember I didn't I didn't even know what they did, right? I just knew that I'd seen bands put their feet up on the monitors, <laughs> right? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I need one of them. I get to put my foot on it. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember turning up and I was like, oh, boys, them things are here, them black things are here. Look at this, look at this. The old foot wedge. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hey, look at this, boys, foot up on the wedge. Like, that was literally my first goal was to play somewhere with, and that was, there was no stage. The next goal was play somewhere with a stage. Yeah. So, Technically, my goal was play a foot higher off the ground than you <laughs> normally do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, those goals are good well, to have, though, aren't yeah, they? You know, but that's that. the thing. I just remember being blown away. Oh, monitors. And then you're going, one, two. Oh, I can hear him. That's me coming <laughs> out of there. That's Is that my conscience? Yeah. <laughs> Don't do Jesus? it, Jesus. What? No. Uh, yeah, I just, yes, yeah, so we set ourselves <laughs> such tiny goals. And then, yeah. It's, it's awesome, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's fu- yeah, it's funny. Again, with comparing band and wrestling, it's like with wrestling, you go to a training school and you almost get given the thumbs up by your trainer. Like I was given the thumbs up to to go do shows like way too early. I probably wasn't ready, but at least you have that kind of like oh, okay, I've been trained. Whereas with music stuff, like I remember, it's it's still now like I am the worst with gear. Like I'm terrible. We have done. 
I don't know, maybe let's say 15 tours now in the last five years. And we definitely, we only had a van for our last one. Oh, that's embarrassing to say, isn't it? That's really, from a band perspective, because we're a three-piece, and I used to just br- bring along my little Sans amp, and we'd yeah. be like, "It's punk rock." Like yeah. we haven't got, like and I used to hate seeing like, and like, this I shouldn't hate this, but I used to hate seeing bands bringing in their massive bass cabs, yeah. and we're playing in front of ten people, and I'm like, "Oh, like, they just play well through a Sans amp," <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, like we'd always just borrow back. Like we were like, "Oh, the scrappiest band." So karma will come come through, and when we're you know. Playing stadiums will be like, lads, you can use our back line. <laughs> I, I bet you that won't happen. Yeah. I bet, like, I'll be like, don't touch my stuff, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, you won't. No. Oh, tech. Go and tell them to keep their stuff away from my stuff. Oh, yeah. oh, oh so we had some funny. bands that were nightmares. Like, like we, played, we played arenas with some bands where they would not strike the kit. And, like, say we were the opening band, so there was, like, two other bands before the headliners. Those two bands wouldn't take the kits off either. So there was like some tours where we played with like a foot of space. We're on, you're on an arena stage, but you've got a foot of space between you and the drum kit oh, in front. Because there's so much gear behind. Yeah. Oh my god. And then there were some big bands I know were fantastic, like um, Blink One Eight Two. We supported Blink One Eight Two. Did you? Yeah, you Where'd you support Blink? Oh my god, I'm jealous. <laughs> Cardiff. Not Look at good. me being the fanboy again. Yeah. What was Mark like? <laughs> he was the only one I spoke to. Really? Was he yeah. nice? He was lovely. Yeah, he came into our dressing room. Um. Uh, yeah, we support them in Nottingham, Liverpool, and Cardiff. What and in the motor point? Yeah. In what, motor sorry, point. what year was that? Sorry, 2012. Oh, I would have been at that gig. Maybe. I probably saw you actually. Yeah. Who else played? All American Rejects mm. played. Oh yeah, of course well, I remember that gig. Yeah. yeah, you missed us, so you've admitted that now. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I, do, I do remember. Thank you very much. Also, I saw uh, it in Birmingham too. <laughs> Both um, times I was like, Nah, I won't go see the blackout. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure I did What's though. That I did. Fat fella yelling for. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we only met Mark because um, his dressing room was next to ours because they all had separate dressing rooms. Really? Oh, I never want to get to that stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they all had separate dressing rooms. Travis's was always the other side of the arena to Mark and Tom. Really? Oh. He had his own vegan catering section. Oh, wow. He had his own catering, mind. That's a couple of thousand pounds a day. Um, he had his own catering. They had a bus each. Really? Yeah, two bus each. you got to just think, after a while, it's like, come on, lads. Yeah. It's just not It's just not efficient. <laughs> but they were, basically, they had massive like LED backdrops, right? And normally, you can put your backdrop up if you're lucky, just, you know, in front of theirs. But Blink said to us, oh, you can use those backdrops and put whatever you want on them. <laughs> we <way>. like, <laughs> Don't give us the sapping <laughs> in <Yeah>. massive. <laughs> Fuck Blink-182. <laughs> um, no, uh... So what we did, whatever town we were in, in Liverpool, <clears throat> we had uh, we recorded me doing an impression of Scylla Black, right? Coming on then to the blind date theme with Scylla as a backdrop saying, Incredible. surprise, surprise, it's the Black House, right? <laughs> like literally a speech bubble. So we did that for Liverpool. Cardiff, we had one with Tom Jones. Amazing. Saying, uh, look out boys, it's a blackout or something like that. And in Nottingham, we had a picture of Kevin Costner as Robin Hood, right? I've got a photo on my phone. This is so good. And it says, <laughs> ye blackout. <laughs> ye blackout. So anyone who'd never seen us before, right? We come onto the Robin Hood theme and they're like, uh, who's this? Ye blackout. <laughs> That's a terrible name. And then we just played normally. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah, Blink said you could use, like, 
<laughs> and that's rare for like a headline band to be like, mm, oh, yeah. you can use our backdrop. But, but yeah, to use their LED backdrop. That's amazing. They were, yeah, they were really nice to us. And might also say it's excellent use of that LED <laughs> yeah. black, and that back, the, blah, 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 backdrop. Oh, yeah, we will, we will take, well, when we went to Australia, have you ever seen the film Chopper? No. Oh, it's an Australian film. It's brilliant. It's like a comedy drama. Um, Eric Banner, the fellow who played like the first Hulk. Oh, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, the Marvel world. Was it Marvel world or DC world? Is Avengers Marvel? Marvel, world? I think, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes. How do I not know? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's an Australian film and uh, you should check it out. It's so funny. But anyway, for the, when we played Australia, we had an LED screen and we had. They had a, a sketch went viral about. Um, Australia needs to harden up, so oh, we just had man. this big chopper backdrop um, put in. But that story went absolutely nowhere. Nobody <laughs> else knows of chopper backdrops, though. Yeah. I was seeing No FX play Red in a few years ago, and the tiny little paper backdrop. Yes. It was like a horse or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. Also, I think that's another thing about, especially punk rock. You couldn't do it if you were like Taylor Swift or something or Ed yeah. Sheeran, but like you can just have a laugh, can't you? It's just mm. really fun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah but that's but that's the thing with anything, really, isn't it? It's just you can have like. Such a deep point, but if you you know you can just have a laugh. Like yeah. literally, we nearly called the album uh, "Start the Party" album. Everybody, let's have a laugh. <laughs> right? I was la- oh, by the way, I was laughing so hard the other day when you were talking about the um, "This Is It." Is, is it, it? <laughs> the last yeah, yeah. show for the blackout? <laughs> I loved it when we came up with that. That was Gene Michael Jackson just done "This Is It," and we were like, right, what's more Welsh than that? <laughs> this is it. Is it? <laughs> so funny. So Welsh. <laughs> uh, where can people find you online, Junior? Um, attack? Defend, well, oh, <laughs> uh, a lot of things to plug. Yeah. You've got 75 different internet accounts. Yeah, yeah. plates um, to spin. Yeah. I've, uh, well, it's myself is at Mandrews Junior on Twitter and Instagram. Um, at Music of Junior. Yeah. on Twitter and Instagram and just search for us I, I believe it's Music of Junior on Facebook yeah I'm sure, I'm sure you'll find it who I mean does anyone use Facebook that much anymore I've just joined your Junior Cadets oh uh, yeah that, thank you yeah, yeah, yeah please join the Junior Space Cadets Facebook page that's actually a lot better than liking yeah. our page cause, I'm a member as well so yeah Facebook algorithms mean that you don't see anything from the page so yeah join the group um, that's really fun in there actually lots of cool fan interaction stuff um and then at Defend Indie Rest on Twitter and Instagram and Defend Indie Wrestling on Facebook and at Attack Wrestling for Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook a lot. anyone who's listening to this that's interested in getting training or learning wrestling? Come down to it to Cardiff, Cate's Community Centre, the Dragon Pro Wrestling Academy. I am one of three trainers there. Myself, Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman and Danny Jones. Um, it's... I wish we had an academy like that back when I was starting out. You know, when I was starting out, it was once a month uh, in the same place, and now it's four or five sessions a week. Awesome! Yeah, oh. uh, Sean's been in the ring there, yeah. as you might have oh. heard previously on this podcast. Uh, should, we, should we touch on that? I think we should because it's really funny, and I thought we you died. I thought you, we. <laughs> I thought I for a second. I thought I died. I was thinking I was like, this is going to get us more publicity than the video. We've killed Sean Smith. <laughs> well, I thought. Well, the thing is, I know you've you must have that footage somewhere of me taking that power bomb and the reaction after, and I thought, well, I'll go viral just because people who don't like me, and there's lots of them. <laughs> Will love this. The replay factor on that of me being hurt yeah. is fantastic. It's it's so funny because because you can as well when you're doing it, like see the back of your head, and it's such a brutal bump. Like 
I feel like people would go, ah, oh, stunt double. But it's not. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> I just underestimated how tall you were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but this is the thing. You were saying, people are thinking, oh, that's a mad... But for a second... Right, we should set this up, really. Basically, um, Junior have a song called Fall to Pieces, and um, they asked me to be on it. I said yes. And then uh, they decided to shoot a video, and it was wrestling-themed, which is fantastic for me because I've always wanted to be involved in wrestling somehow. Featuring Matt Hardy as well? Featuring the fantastic Matt Hardy. Mm. Um, I bet he's glad he's finally in a video with me. Um, (laughs) Lifetime achievement for him as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Mark told me they were doing a wrestling video, so I couldn't wait to be involved. I just wanted to go and be wrestled somehow. But then, yeah, when it came to it then, I said, oh, yeah... I'll be. I'll take a bump. So it started out like, "Oh, do you, will you take a power bump? Yeah, whatever. Yeah." And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Oh, someone should go through a table." And I was like, "Well, I'm up for it then." I would say you were, <laughs> but you had way more excitement then than you sounded. Just, you were like, "Yeah, let me go for a table. Yeah, I'll oh, go yeah. Table. Oh, I could not wait. I, I. But the thing is, I was like, "Well, I've seen Spike Dudley do this a trillion times. <laughs> if he can do it, surely I can do it." And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Oh, perhaps someone should go through a table." Off the top rope or <laughs> the second rope, and I was like, "Still in, boys. <laughs> Still definitely." And people were like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Why are you? Don't doubt it. Like I'm offering, <laughs> I'm offering to do this. Surely it's good." And then in my mind, I had a little bit of doubt. That for a second, I went, "Well, if you die, it's a viral video." Right? <laughs> that's true, yeah, to, look, yeah, that's no. how committed I am, right? <laughs> to music, <laughs> and to wrestling, and wrestling is I was prepared to die. And then, um, yeah, so Scotty Essex was the wrestler um, given the task of powerbombing me through a table. I remember just thinking, oh, he's a big lad, he's very strong, he'll, he'll put you down real safe. Yeah. Oh, can- no, he would have, but uh, the moment we <laughs> went up, the moment he pushed it, if you watch the video again, you can probably, you can see the moment where I, he goes up and I thought to myself, push off now, this will look really big again, this will look <laughs> mental. <did. laughs> and I pushed off. Too early, went before him, so I came down before his legs did. Oh my god! Folded in half. It's so brutal. And it's my awesome. Feet, <laughs> my feet touched the floor behind. They've never done that before, <laughs> and I don't think they've done it since. I don't know if I could do it again now. <sighs> and my feet touched the floor behind me, and instantly, like I've seen Spike Dudley go through loads of tables and just play dead. Right? I don't know how. Any of any wrestler could ever do that. Everything <laughs> in my body when I went through that table told me you must move away from this situation right now. <laughs> so I so I went <laughs> started pushing myself off, right? And then I've got the video on my phone and it's in slow motion as well. And you can hear someone go, Are you alright? It might have been you. Yeah. And I went, No It was it was like pin drop silence. It oh, was like crash. They must and have we been were all like. Oh there must have been fifteen God. to twenty people in the room. Yeah, and it went dead silent. We were so scared. And I was like, "You're right, Sean." And you went, Ugh. and I tried no. to make it like let's all go. We were like, "Yeah, right, mate." Walk it up. <laughs> I was expecting everybody just to burst out laughing, right? But there was a bit. I was so winded, right? It was like I literally couldn't get my breath back, and everything in my body was like, "Sean, stand up for God's sake, stand up." So I was like. <laughs> Flailing, there must be video of it. I missed the second rope and fall over. Oh, <laughs> I got yeah. up right, and I literally couldn't bend. I couldn't stand up oh, straight. No. So for five minutes, I was talking to my friend Scott, like it's just looking up, and I'm going, "Oh yeah, Scott was there. Wasn't he? I'll be all right now. I'll be all right now." And then after five minutes, I was like, "I'm going to have to stand up now." So I just went, "No!" 
Oh, I'm not bro. I'm not. I don't know if I can ever bend back down ever again. No, that's the problem. <laughs> oh, I was in agony. Oh, I would love yeah, to be. It was. Do you know what? That you watch it back, and I do. The, the, the video went reasonably viral because you know, mixture of you over a table. Also, you hit a really sweet choke slam just beforehand as well. I'm just naturally good at the choke slam. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a real good one. It was. Uh, and like. You know, Matt Hardy was in it, so it went fine. But I, I still, I think to myself, oh, it deserves more views. That should be on like a million views because yeah. that table bump was so gnarly. On my back, yeah. <sighs> on my back to this day, when I get cold, uh, we'll uh, go, oh, <laughs> is I that, that video's got a million views yet. That's what it is. It's oh, twinge my back. I'm like, God. oh, I should check how many views that's got. Oh, no. You know what, though? You took it like a champ. I, I, and do you know what's funny? is I remember thinking to myself, because you were so up for it. I was like, yeah, she wants to be ballsy. He's a nutter. And then I thought, I was like, the top rope is way higher when you're up there oh, yeah. than when you when you think. You think, oh, it's just it's up to my shoulder, so it's, it's nothing. And then when you're up there, you're like, I'm like on top of a house. Yeah. <laughs> I had two thoughts, right? The first one was, is, oh, I hope to God I showered this morning because Scott's <laughs> face is now in my crotch, right? <laughs> and then he lifted me up and I thought, oh, no, death is coming now. <laughs> and next minute I was like, <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, I've got the footage on my phone. We've got to find a way uh, just so that we can play the audio. Give it to me. I'll rip right? the audio and put because it. Because the audio is fantastic. You can go, right then. Oh, yeah. No. It's, so it's awful. Oh. And I remember because Alex, who was filming it, Alex, um, Alex Bull, who's an amazing uh, videographer, and he was like, I've got one chance to get this shot. <laughs> Imagine it was like, sorry, lads, wasn't recording. <laughs> we got to go again. We got to go oh again. Yeah, I had a big mark on my back. Yeah, I just remember thinking after going, oh, I had such tough. an unbelievably bigger respect for wrestling after that. Like, I had a big respect for it anyway. But I went through that. I, it happened. And I was like, I don't know how they do this all <laughs> the time. Like, this is... Every one of them is solid. No, it like, is. Everyone must. Every wrestler must be solid. Yeah, well, you too now. You know, you did it. I <laughs> was. It was nuts. You really committed, and I am very grateful it's to right. this day. Um, you were uh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So, no, I. Yeah, for a while I was considering. Um, well, I'm not against you now taking up training or whatever, but it's just yeah, finding time and get in there and stuff and also last week he said he had the worst name ever Sean the Stampede Smith I couldn't think oh. he was on the spot wasn't he it was, uh, oh. I like, that's your name now you'd have to stick with that no, Stampede Sean Smith no I wouldn't don't start this now <laughs> um, I'd come up with a better gimmick right and that's it I'll be Fine. in NXT UK in all time all right, all right. <laughs> 35 with my broken back like are you good? All right, Paul <laughs> oh Paul it's a good game, but right. I'll, I'll put a word in for the stampede. Oh, stampede, Sean Smith. <laughs> got a friend. His gimmick's the stampede. Get him in. Has he got any training? No, get him uh, in. Uh, but he takes a pretty sweet table bump. Can be winded. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing this, yeah, Mark. Thank, you, thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure right, catching no, up with you. No both. worries. Good thank you very you. much. And Snapman! Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cheers, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool. Well, that was Mark Andrews from pop punk band Junior and also the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, thank you very much to Mark for coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, make sure you check out Junior he just said about all the socials and stuff if you're interested in possibly wrestling training it's good fitness isn't it Mm. Um, it's as good as running on a treadmill standing still you know not moving anyway might hurt a little bit more but yeah it might do that is true but if you if you really like pain it's great for you yeah, if you're, so if you're kinky, I suppose. Moving on. Yeah, probably um, stay away from that. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you very much to Mark. Thank you very much to WWE. Thank you very much to Junior. Just great to have him on. Some really great insights into both those worlds. Yeah, um, yeah. lovely if, chap. And if WWE are listening, we'd love to get some more of your talent on. Yeah. You know, send us a message. Or we'd also like to be in the contention for Raw Tag Team Champions. Oh, that'd be great. Me and you. Yeah, I think we could. Imagine I think we could me and you turning up. That we'd be laughed out of the building. We'd be the smallest people here, wouldn't we? Probably. Um, well, Mark Shorter, but I mean, fitness we saw way. him in a t-shirt today, didn't we? we but did. if he didn't have a t-shirt on, me and he would feel like worse men, wouldn't we? We would, because he's honest. super ripped. He is ripped more uh, than you can imagine. Yeah, and I look like a bag of wet washing. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, lucky we didn't. We should have done a topless photo with him. Oh, we should have, even just for personal use. Mm. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Share, subscribe, like, tell a friend, tell a mortal enemy about this podcast. Um, we appreciate all the love. Every time you retweet or share things, I promise you I want to reply. If I am to reply to you, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get around yeah, to reply to everyone. Same with me here. I and mean, this has been absolutely amazing to see all the reaction we have so far. Yeah. So thank you again. Yeah, we we love you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um it's amazing that we get to do this. So, yeah, that was episode eight. Was that episode eight? Episode eight. Sweet. Episode nine next. Um, yeah, thank you very much. This has been Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.